Our scripture for today comes from Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and then jumping down to 15 and se- through 17. Now, the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Let me tell you what I love about this story. This is a story about outrageous faith. God has the Israelites walk around the city once a day for six days. Then, on the seventh day, they are to walk around it seven times and yell really loud. And that's it. Is this the worst battle plan in all of history? This isn't a siege. They don't try to starve out the people of Jericho. They don't build any sort of machine or weapon to destroy the walls. They literally walk around the walls in circles for a week, once a day for a week. But don't race over these verses too quickly. Slow down long enough to really think about this. The Israelites don't just walk around the city. They don't just walk around. While they walk, I'm sure they can hear the citizens of Jericho laughing. Maybe at first they were a little scared, but by day three or four, they have to be thinking that the Israelites are just plain dumb, marching around in the hot sun, that long walk around the entire city, blowing trumpets, and that's it. So there are the Israelites out in the open, defenseless, feeling a little bit silly, wondering why they're walking in circles, and pretty sure the people are watching and judging them, which for many of us might be a great image for singing, out in the open, defenseless, feeling a little bit silly, wondering why on earth we have to do this, pretty sure people are judging, pretty sure they can hear us. The word at the end of the story where God tells the Israelites to shout, it's the same word for our spirit, for our soul. It means yell from your toes. It's a cry of desperation or of joy. It's a battle cry, which is why this is such a great story for talking about singing, because in this story, singing wins battles. 
The story actually begins with God promising Israel the land of the Canaanites. This battle, Jericho, is their first battle. The story starts with the line, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred. So we learn from this that Jericho is a fortified city. It has large walls designed to keep people out. It has these doors, big doors, and the doors are barred shut. You've likely seen something like this in a movie, a thick slab of wood that is laid across the doors, preventing them from being opened. If you're on the inside, you can move the bar and get out. But if you're on the outside, well, the doors are thick and the bar is laid securely across them. So the Israelites are looking at this city that God has told them that it will be theirs, and it has these massive walls too high to climb and these doors too thick to cut through. And on the walls, you can see the army of Jericho waiting with arrows and rocks and swords and spears. So they look at this situation, and God says, See? I have delivered Jericho into your hands. Massive walls too high to climb, doors too thick to cut through and barred shut, an entire army on the walls ready to attack. And God says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. From the end of the story, it's easy to read back and trust God's promise. It's easy to jump ahead a few verses and see that it all turns out okay. But life doesn't work that way. It didn't work that way for Israel. They had to walk around the walls under the pounding of the sun, suffering the insults and laughter of the army sitting behind the wall. And it doesn't work that way for us. How many times do we know what we want? We know where we're going. We know what we need. We even know God has promised to provide for us. But what we need is on the other side of a wall, and we can't get it. It's there, but there's this door. It's barred shut. Something is keeping us from it. You know this situation if you've ever had a loved one with dementia or Alzheimer's. No, they're right there, just on the other side of the wall, just through that door. But it's barred shut. You can pound until your hands are raw, but it will not swing open. Maybe your Jericho is healing for you or someone you love. Cancer stormed into your life or chronic pain. Depression, anxiety, divorce, you wake up every day and there's Jericho in front of you. It's massive, towering walls, another day to get through, hoping and praying and chasing healing, searching for a way to get through, a way through the door. Name your Jericho. Name your promise from God that you are waiting to have fulfilled. We live in the shadows of these walls of Jericho. What is it that gets us through? Screaming from our toes, singing from the gut. That's how we cling to the absurd promise of God, but the true promise of God in the face of walls too high to climb, doors that are barred shut. We sing. 
Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. We sing it from our gut boldly so we can cling to the promise in the face of walls too high to climb. We can cling to God's provision in the desert. We can claim God's victory even before we can see it. There's a pastor who works in Brian's home church outside Chicago. Her name is Cindy Karras. Cindy is an all-star. I mean an all-star when it comes to hospital visits and walking families through illness, through death, through grieving. She is known for walking into hospital rooms or walking into homes and singing hymns. Not because she has an amazing voice, but she believes that something powerful happens when we sing. She believes that by singing with those who are sick, singing with those who are dying, singing with those who are grieving, battles of the spirit are won. Those fighting death, those who are restless and agitated, find peace in singing. Those who are grieving find renewed faith in singing. Those who are sick, tired, worn out, find strength in singing. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Singing wins battles. Because God has already claimed the victory over sickness and death and grief, we sing to hold on to that victory. Through the 1800s, America was plagued by slavery. Men, women, children were viewed as property. They were tools, they were objects. But those slaves were often Christian. And they had to wrestle with this contradiction in their faith. In scripture, we read that God has set us free. Paul says there is neither male nor female, slave or free. Yet here they were, in chains, oppressed, Beaten, sold at a moment's notice. How could they believe that they were free when they so clearly were not? How could they believe that God had won the victory when he so clearly had not? So that they could believe in this victory, they sang. They sang songs about Moses and about how God brought the slaves out of Egypt. They sang, go down Moses, way down in Egypt land. Tell all pharaohs, let my people go. They sang about how God was doing something now. They sang about how God wouldn't allow systems of injustice to stand. They sang that God was going to do something. They sang, wade in the water. God's going to trouble the water. They sang these things because they believed them, even though they couldn't see them. Even in the face of walls too high to climb and doors barred shut, they yelled from their toes. They had to sing these songs through hundreds of years of slavery, through oppression, even after they were freed. And it was these songs that the civil rights movement turned to when it became discouraged, when it thought that nothing could change. And frankly, the songs themselves didn't change anything. 
except they kept a community grounded in God's promises. Singing wins battles. In King's final days, he spoke often of how his time was ending. He seemed to know he was going to die. And he too turned to a song for hope. In the middle of a movement that he would not see the end of, he concluded his last speech with, My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Standing in this song, he was filled with conviction that victory was assured. Singing wins battles. There's an amazing story that comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 20, if you're ever looking through 2 Chronicles. There's a wonderful story about this group called the Korites. These were a line that came from the people of the Levites. They were known for being great warriors. But more than that, they were known for being leaders in choral and orchestral music under the reign of King David. Even some of the psalms are attributed to the sons of Korah. In this story, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, King Jehoshaphat, who is the king of Judah and Jerusalem, is about to be attacked. Enemies are coming in. The Moabites and Ammonites are about to attack them. Jehoshaphat is distraught. He is sure this will be the end of his reign and the end of God's kingdom. They surely will be defeated. So Jehoshaphat begins to implore God, asking for God's help even angrily praying because he felt that God had abandoned God's own kingdom. God assures Jehoshaphat that he'll take care of the battle. All God requires of Jehoshaphat and his army is that they show up for battle. God will do the rest. Upon hearing the news, the Korites begin singing praises to God. When the day of battle is upon them, the Moabites and Ammonites have gathered. They're ready. They are a force to be reckoned with. With nerves and anticipation for this battle, Jehoshaphat begins to lead his kingdom towards the enemies. At the front of the army lines are the Korites. They stand firm, charging towards their enemies, the chorus leading the way, leading the army and singing. All you can hear as the walk towards battle is the choir singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. They finally arrive at the place of battle. They look out ready to see enemies, massive armies ready for their defeat. And when they look out, no one is there. All of their enemies are already dead. God had delivered the enemies into their hands and they didn't even have to fight. All they did was sing. Singing wins battles. Whether it's Jehoshaphat's army or Joshua's, God is faithful to his people. God won the victory for these armies. All these armies were tasked to do was trust in God's victory and to sing, to scream from their toes and sing from their gut. Maybe like the Israelites, you're on day one of walking this battle. Day one of marching around walls too high to climb and doors that are barred shut. Day one of trying to figure out how to handle this illness, this loneliness, this thing at work, this thing at home. Maybe you've been walking this battle so long that your feet 
are falling off. Maybe it's time to sing, to cry out, to scream our battle cry. Maybe the battle cry you need is, it is well, it is well with my soul. Or maybe, just maybe, the battle cry you need is, then sings my soul, my Savior God, to sustained God's church through plague, through famine, through wars, through divorces, through sickness and death. And these are our battle cries. These are our battle cries. God has already won the victory for us. On that seventh day, all we have to do is show up. And scream from our toes, sing from our guts, because singing wins battles. Let us pray. God, we sing. We sing because we see walls around us that we cannot get through. We sing because our own lives have been plagued by all kinds of things by illness and sickness, by hurts, by pains, by things we've said or wished we have said. So we sing, trusting that the victory is already yours, trusting that you have already won the battle for us. Might we cling to your victory. Pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.